This episode is brought to you in part by Zondervan, publisher of The Perilous Fight, Overcoming Our Culture's War on the American Family, written and narrated by retired neurosurgeon and politician Dr. Ben Carson. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks. Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church. This is Pass the Mic. Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pastor Mike, Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church, powered by the Witness, a Black Christian Collective. I am your host, Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Burns Clan. Please follow at your own risk. And joining me today is the Vice President of the Witness, the author of the forthcoming book. I Won't Shut Up, Finding Your Voice When the World Tries to Silence You. Y'all already know who it is. It's Allie Henney. Allie, what's going on? Sis? Hey, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be on the mic, as it were. Yes, it's a little yes. bit different of a setup, though. So if, you, if you're watching this, because there are ways to watch this, yes. um, then you can see this dope setup that we that we have here. So as of right now, this recording, patreon.com forward slash pass the mic is the way you can watch the visuals. But by this time, we may have just opened up the visuals for people and then we're going to give Patreon something different. So I don't know if the... the, 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 the okay, okay, <laughs> okay. But see, okay, this is this is a version, but I but I, I have to bring some clarity here. Okay. You keep saying way. it's forward slash... It's not forward slash. It's actually technically a backslash. What are we? You can't interrupt the whole thing. But see, it's, it's but it's <laughs> you messing with the whole flow. We just saying forward slash for what? Six just, years. Just, now? Just, just just say slash. Okay, just slash. just just oh, say slash. Com slash fast Because I couldn't because even be loud. It is a forward slash. It I, is I don't a know. backslash. Not a four slash. You're right. Yeah, I, 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 I could four. be loud okay. and wrong. But right. no, so it's I, a slash. But I, I, I just right. Let's just that. put slash and we'll just be. We'll you just you know, it. it's the slash. It's the same slash that we've been using on the Internet. Okay, good, so. good. But that's a good point, though. Ah, See, now you brought up a good point. Okay, I have to I have to admit something to you. Okay, I want to admit something to you. And I feel like this is safe company to admit this in. I have a secret show I like to watch that I really enjoy. I appreciate and I think is fascinating. And I, I'm, I know it's a black podcast, but I love watching The Crown. <gasps> okay, I gotta be honest with y'all. I okay, love but I haven't, the Crown. I haven't seen the new season yet. I haven't, so either. So I'm so I haven't watched I'm it behind. yet. Okay, I'm behind. I'm behind too. Okay, good. I don't need any spoilers. Okay, that it was. I think it was season three. The Charles episode, Moon Dust, I think it's called. That episode was amazing. I almost put it in Cultural Artifacts. Or I may have put it in Cultural Artifacts, but I think it was Honorable Mention. I don't, I don't remember. I think it was Honorable Mention a couple of years ago. There's something about this drama of the crown mm-hmm. and seeing it behind the scenes that really fascinates me. Yeah. And, you know, I think the acting is top tier. The acting is obviously mm-hmm. tremendous. It's not the type of show I would typically go for. Right. You know, it's also not the type of style of show I typically mm-hmm. go for, but I felt comfortable admitting this because it's pretty obvious you followed the royal family saga. Now, I'm not saying you're a huge fan of it. I'm not saying you're like, oh, you're, you're into all the line of succession and all that, but it seems like you're at least familiar with what's going on and you followed it. We were even talking before the podcast that you and Christina Button, who's one of our uh, writers at The Witness, uh, bcc.com that y'all recorded an episode right after 
Harry and Meghan's interview yes. with Oprah, yes. which was, you know, took took the world by storm. Yeah. And so I think you follow it enough to appreciate yeah, yeah. my appreciation for the crown. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Christine and I, we because this was during our Leave Loud campaign, if you remember our Leave Loud campaign in 2021, Harry and Meghan's interview with Oprah aired during that time whenever we were all so sharing loud. our Leave Loud stories. And Basically, Prince Harry, um, Meghan, the Duchess of Sussex, they left the royal family and that was going up before Oprah. That was their leave loud testimony. So, yes, I am a minor royal watcher. So, so the real <laughs> thing here is that I love a mess. Okay. And this the is a royal drama? family is a mess. So, you see, this is why I watch Succession, right? So, it's I watch Succession because... Like rich white mess. Exactly. Like, exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I can't. I can't. It's just. It's something about it where you're like, "Ooh, what's what's about to happen here?" And then I think it's also the fact that that's not my culture. So coming mm-hmm. around, seeing them, that they do insults mm-hmm. and yes, you know, scheming behind each other's backs and things like that. I'm like, okay, this is a little different than how yes. we would do it. Yes. So I'm like, oh, okay, let's see what they're about to do. So but I, yes, I rich, identify rich with white that. mess. I love yes that it's rich something, white it's mess. something about there, it. There's something about about it that you're watching it and it's like ooh <laughs> yeah and right it's just a little what, juicy that, you that know that probably says something about me about, and, about and us and me, yeah, probably. Don't, don't take our black cards y'all but nah yeah. I'm just I'm just saying like and then now another one I've gotten into which I'm even I'm ashamed to admit it but I got into Yellowstone oh so, I want look, to watch that because everybody you gotta watch Yellowstone it. I gotta Allie. start watching Yellowstone Allie, Allie you gotta okay. watch Yellowstone okay I haven't watched the other ones because they they have 1883, 1923. That's going too far back for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, see, I, I want to watch. I think it was I'm 19- not trying to see us in chains, so I just <laughs> I can't, I can't too watch too that back. one. It's just it's too far back. But the original Yellowstone, like okay. Yeah, yeah. I was wanting to watch Yellow the original because Harrison Ford, I think, is in 1923. Yes, and Harrison so, Ford and, is and so in I was like, oh, ooh, Harrison Ford. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Let me, so let I'm gonna have to. This. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I'll check out 1923. Probably it's going a little far back, but I'll. Yeah, you always gotta watch out for. Yeah, exactly. So traverse through history. And so what's interesting about you is you have been very public about reading Harry's book, Spare. Oh, yes. And reading Prince Harry's book, like you've been very open about that. And you were talking to me about it earlier. I was like, this is really fascinating to connect this kind of to some of our lived experiences Mm -hmm. and also the experiences of being in places that are toxic towards our bodies, places that cause us harm. And then also telling our story, taking ownership of our story, sometimes for the first time. So tell me about the book, Spare, and and what if you enjoyed the book, if you felt like it was a good book. And we'll talk about some of these connections. Yeah. So first of all, I really enjoyed Spare. So an admission that I have to make, this is the first time that I've admitted this publicly, but Prince Harry is a year older, a little bit less than a year older than I am. Okay. And so um, I just always was kind of fascinated with him. Okay. Okay. Um, we see bit. what is. Well, and okay. So, y'all. So, but, so, so this is. Okay. Y'all. So we have some, we, we do have some connections. Um, so his. Oh, I thought you said we have a connection. No. <laughs> What's going on? You know Harry? No, 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 no. When did you meet Harry? When did when did, did y'all meet? I've never met Harry, but okay. no, so so his um, his mother. Uh, died tragically. Princess Diana died um, right around the same time that my that my grandmother passed. Wow. And so um, my grandmother was actually sick and was about to go into the hospital for the last time whenever Princess Diana passed. So that so the grief that he talks about in the book 
it was hitting us at a similar age, at a similar right. time in our life. And that was something at the time even that I that I was aware of. So there's there's that aspect of it that I that I felt like, oh, oh, there's some there's some commonalities there. Um Harry is the youngest of two siblings. I'm the youngest mm-hmm. of two of yes, two siblings. Yes. Um my sister, my my sister is 12 years older than me. So a little bit a little bit more of an age gap than between um Prince Harry and and Prince William. But I definitely my sister is amazing, awesome. Everybody thought that she was amazing and awesome. And so then being like the sibling that you're kind of living in that older sibling's shadow. Right. And so Oh being, yeah, that's the thing. So so being the youngest of two and and having that sort of um that sort of life, that sort of lifestyle, I really I really related to him with that. And then something else that I said that just seeing watching his trajectory or whatever through through life, I was like, you know what? I think that he's gonna end up with the black woman. And I would always You called this. I call I called that. And I remember saying that a long time ago, like I think it was like on a I don't even remember like what message I was on some black message board or whatever. <laughs> and we were and we were talking about oh. Prince Prince Harry because I think it was because I, I think it was right around the time that William had gotten married. I was right. like, I bet y'all that Harry's gonna end up with the with the black woman, and then and sure enough, he, he ended up with a biracial black woman. And so I, I but I, I called that because he just, he just, he just has some qualities, and so he just, he just, you like, yes, there's something about him. But there's just, there's just something about him that just said, oh, you know what, I can, I can see him, you know, I can see him getting with the black woman. So anyway, so I picked up this book, I pre-ordered it. Because that's wow. how I, I, I was, as soon as I heard it's about so, it. so many books. I think so, like a, a million and a half books in one day or something. Oh, like that. I, I, mean, I was... wouldn't doubt it at all. I was on vacation. I, I saw somebody reading it whenever I was on, I was like, oh, wow, you're reading that book too. I mean, I, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it everywhere. Wow. A bunch of people, whenever I started reading it, because I had pre-ordered it um, way before it had come out and a bunch of people were reading it um, and were talking about it on their timeline. So I I am sure that it's, that it's sold in there because it's already, I had seen, it's already been or is being reprinted too. Wow. Um, so it so it exceeded their their ex, the uh, publisher's expectations. But this book talks about this man. He's talk he's telling his story. Um, one of the things that you have to know about the royal family is that the Queen Elizabeth, her motto was never complain, never explain. So they the mm-hmm. British media, he talks a lot about the British media in the book. It's different than the American media. Um, they can print Almost, it seems like whatever they want to. They can talk, they, they, they kind of almost stalk people, stalk mm. celebrities a little bit. And we have that some yeah. in American culture. Um, but the rules and stuff are different. So they can, they can really get into your life and get into your business. And so you think about this is like the grandson of the monarch for, um, most of his life, he was third in the line of succession to the British throne. So there was a vested interest from the public in him, in, in who he was. And he discusses some of this. He discusses some of this in the book. Um, but is, this book is really the first time where he's telling his own story on his terms. Mm. And that was something that, cause again, like, why am I going to read this book about this white man that is, that his family, I mean, him even in some ways is part of, is part of colonization. Right. I mean, the right. heritage, the, the, the heritage yes. of the, the British monarchy is like ratchet as heck. Like, why would, why would I want, why would somebody want to read this? But I, but again, the intersections of feeling like, oh, we, we had some common ground just in some, in some different life experiences and stuff. Um, but then also just knowing, hearing um, his story 
about after he married Duchess Meghan and then leaving the royal mm. family. And then essentially, like, he had this Leave Loud story. Yeah. And the Leave Loud story is about the racism that he experienced, yeah. that his wife experienced, that he was part of as, as being a, an interracial marriage spouse. The things that she experienced and then making the choice to, to essentially to leave his family, to leave his country, to leave all this. It just seemed like a really compelling yeah. story to me. So I, I wanted to read the book and I'm, and I'm glad that I did because there was, there was some of the things that st- stood out to me was first of all, just the palpable grief that he had over his mother. Hmm. It less, you feel it sort of diminish. Not she's present throughout the book. Princess Diana is present in everything mm-hmm. that throughout the book. She's a, she's a specter throughout the book, but you feel his grief and stuff change. He talks about going to therapy. Like there's just all this stuff, but that's like something that that really that that really stands out to me. And then also again, just the compellingness of him for the first time being able to talk about himself on his own terms. Yeah, I think it was so fascinating how. You know, I think what drew me to, and I haven't read the book, but what drew me to curiosity about the book, because I'm not really a royal family watcher except for The Crown, but what drew me to curiosity about the book was how upset white conservatives, southern white conservatives were about him talking about his experience. Mm. And I was like, why is this triggering y'all so bad? Yeah. You know, I just, it was, it was very strange. Like, I was like, you know, people were like, ah, oh, he's whining, he's crying, they're playing the victim, all this. And, um, so that, Automatically was very mm-hmm. fascinating, but then also the connection to him being a proximity to a black woman mm-hmm. who is enduring racism, and and everyone kind of has seen Megan's tra- trajectory, mm-hmm. and so her maybe realizing some things she didn't realize before, didn't have to experience as much before, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, but him in tra- how he shifted, mm-hmm. and how he saw the harbinger of what happened before. Mm-hmm. And he saw the dangers of what happened before and said, I'm going to protect my wife. Yeah. And I'm going to keep my wife from this environment, even if that means I have to forfeit some of the privileges of what it means to be all the privileges of what it means to be mm-hmm. royal in mm-hmm. this context. Right. I, I, I was fascinated by that because I think there's a lot of connections to a couple of things, whether that's uh, protection and proximity to from husband to wife in an interracial mm-hmm. marriage context. I, and then also, I think I was really fascinated by owning your story on the way out. Right. Yeah. Owning your story, owning because we do so much of that here. Right. Yeah. We do so much of owning our story. We do so much of retelling what has happened to us, reinterpreting what has happened to us through new eyes, through a new mm-hmm. lens. But then also doing so in a way that warns other people mm-hmm. that is a subtle, even if not explicit warning to people, beware, mm-hmm. you know, watch out, caution, because this is what really happened to me. So I think there was there was that connection and that fascination. But as a black woman, when you see Harry navigating this and then making this choice and this decision, I know that had to probably bring up feelings and resonate with you, especially, you know, being in an interracial marriage. Like, how did that hit you as you were you were you were reading that and consuming that story? It was very, it was a very interesting experience because really, I think it could be very easy for people to cast Harry kind of in this white savior exactly. type thing yeah. and to be like, oh, well, look, you know, he was protecting a black and, and Harry, in my opinion, Prince Harry was doing the bare minimum right. of what, <laughs> of, and it's like, exactly. oh, it's so perfect. But he was, he was doing the, 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 and I, I mean, I say the bare minimum. He, what, he, he went above and beyond in some, in a lot of ways, but he was doing what you are supposed, supposed to, to do. do. Yeah. 
the, what you are supposed to do for your spouse, whenever your spouse is being mistreated by, by people in your family, especially, but by people in the world, what do you do? You, you guard your spouse. You protect your spouse. And honestly, that flows husband to wife, but yeah. that also flows wife to husband, Absolutely. wife to husband too. Like there, there have been times where people have been like, oh, I'm going to talk crazy to your husband. And it's like, Right, right. Because yeah. it's like, oh, I know that he's that he's gonna just you know let it roll off his back, but no, that bothers mm-hmm. that bothers me, and we need that's and we need to minimum. address that. That's to me, that's the bare that's the bare minimum. Whenever you talk about you know the the, the black and white thing, again. It's the bare minimum. A white person sees a black person experiencing some sort of abuse. You 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 try to intervene, mm-hmm. right? And so I don't want to praise him as a white savior Absolutely. and make it like, oh, you know, he was doing something that was so brave and so unique. Oh, much brave, much unique, much special. Like, no, he was doing what he was supposed to mm-hmm. do. But it's the scale. It's the scale. It's the level on which he was doing yes, it. Yes, that yes. he was taking on the biggest imperial force, the biggest force of colonialism that the world has ever known, the British Empire, the British the British crown, is responsible for myriad atro- atrocities, myriad wrong wrongs. And the queen, his grandmother, is the, even if she, well, she was part of some stuff, but she's the representative of that. Yes. And so then the, the British culture, the, the British, the England, their, the, the English culture, their, their whole thing. He was effectively taking that on, knowing what it would, what it would cost him. And I think that there's something, that there's something to be said about that. Because again, we, we talked about, you know, he, we talk about this whole thing of like history repeating itself whenever, whenever we're comparing Princess Diana to, to Princess Megan, there's this whole, you know, f- and that was his fear of history repeating itself. So his mother tragically died in a car accident while she was being chased by paparazzi in Paris, France. And she died in the, in this tunnel while people were taking her picture. Nobody, none of these people who chased her on their mopeds into the tunnel bothered to render any type of assistance or aid to her. They just kept their camera bulbs flashing which is ghastly and he could see that his wife was heading on a similar yeah, trajectory because trajectory. The, the media was treating her a similar way and so he was essentially saying he was breaking a generational curse mm. if you were and was saying we can't we can't do this and we we i think that all of us have had those types of moments in our lives when we've said okay thus far and no more and yeah. i think that what that what makes his story compelling is simply that it was a scale of what he was mm-hmm. taking taking on and so he was he was taking on this this force he was taking on something that that he's a representative of this country of this family of all of these different things and he saw protecting his wife he saw protecting his family that that was more important Absolutely. than than those things and there's and so i guess to me you know i'm sort of like i mean if if prince harry can be like i'm going to stop being a royal <laughs> like i'm going to yeah. like i'm going to i'm going to stop participating in this system how many of us Ooh. that are listening because like, like there are systems that, that some of us are participating in. Wow. There, there are, there are complicities that some of us have that we could probably take a, that we could probably take a step back from too. that. That's not even on the, on the scale of some of these other things.
Hey everybody, this is Tyler. This is Dr. Jamar Tisby. And we are excited that you're listening to this episode of Pastor Mike, but let me encourage you to support us. You can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash Pastor Mike. And for just $1 an episode. Just a dollar? Now that's the bare minimum. That's four quarters. But if you want to go higher, okay, 5, go 10, higher. 15, right. 20, 25, whatever it is, that will keep this show going and keep the high quality that hopefully you enjoy. So thank you for listening, but you can take it to the next level. Patreon.com slash Pass the mic. We appreciate you. This episode is brought to you in part by Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary students are grounded in faith and formed in community. PTS students are preparing for ministry with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, Doctor of Ministry, and Certificate Programs. Begin your Master's or Certificate Program in person or online. Financial aid is available. Visit pts.edu slash admit. I love that you said that because it feels, in the moment, it feels bigger Mm -hmm. than what it is. It does. And I think when you talk about scale, that's so helpful because... If they can stand against this system and this group and this family and, you know, as you even said, not necessarily condemn them completely and say everything's bad, but to really harshly criticize Mm -hmm. and say, no, there's something systemically wrong. There's something Mm -hmm. wrong. There's a rot at the root here. And people were allowing this to continue, allowing this to happen, allowing these stories to be planted. And starting the story exactly, and, and telling exactly. things, too. There, there was intention. That was the thing that had me aghast about it. And if you don't want to go through reading a book, there's like a six-part Netflix documentary um, with that that has the both of them that covers a lot of the ground that the, that the book does. There's a lot more that he, that he talks about just in his personal life that the documentary doesn't cover. But I was aghast at the level of intentionality mm. that the royal family had in planting these stories, planting stories about about Meghan, things that would, would just would be embarrassing for her would, or the media. It was just the British media is like a feeding frenzy. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever um, been because I'm from I'm from the Midwest and from the from the country. And sometimes you know, they have like these fish ha- these fish hatcheries that you could go to, and you um, can take like some food and you can throw it in there. And the fish, like, and the fish yep. just all and they're like all you know, jumping over each other and like whatever trying to trying to get this. That's how the British media is mm. with the royal family. Anything that they do is a feeding frenzy. And Harry pointed out, and, and as, as did Megan, that there was so much that was rooted, all of it was racist. And they would go to the institution. They they went to Prince King now, but then Prince Charles and said, this stuff is racist. It's not because they're like, oh, well, you know, your mom had to deal with the same thing. You know, Kate, Kate had to deal with mm. the same thing, whatever. It's different. And they're like, no, this is different. And, and Harry had said that there was a, that there was a point when, um, someone, I think it was whenever they, whenever, after they had had Archie, there was some media guy who had posted a picture of, um, a man and woman holding a chimpanzee. And they had said it was something like, you know, the, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex welcome their baby. And wow. like, this was something that, and it, it was a tweet and it, wow. and it had gone viral and stuff within within the media and everything. And he was like, this is like, this is wrong and it's racist. Hmm. 
And we're not, because again, never complain, never explain. They weren't saying anything about it. So the royal family was just kind of like, oh, well, we can just kind of, you know, the, the queen, her office, Prince Charles's office, whatever. They were just kind of like, oh, we don't have to say anything about this. We don't have to address this. And he's like, we're getting death threats. Right. We're getting people who are, who are saying racially charged things to us and threatening my wife. This is not the same thing. Yes, it's not, this is not the same thing that my mother went thing. through. There is this, there is this added element of racism and they wouldn't address it. They wow. wouldn't, they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't talk about it. And that's something that is so, um, I think that there's that that is instructive in some ways for Very us instructive. because because it's like you know there, there's one one of my uh, favorite TikTok accounts I I can't remember the creator's name so forgive me but there is a guy on TikTok that talks about the royal family but he talks about the royal family as if they were like a trailer park family oh, okay and yeah, so yeah, yeah. and so he talks about so I feel like that that the name that he has for Prince Harry because I think Harry and William are like Hunter and Connor or something like that and I think oh, that okay. I think that gotcha, Prince Harry gotcha. is Connor is like oh you know yeah connor joined the army so he didn't have to and then met another woman and then met a woman so that he didn't have to stay in the trailer park and like all this other type of stuff it's, it's, it's really <laughs> i have to check that it's, out that's it's interesting really, it is it's hilarious and it's it's one of my guilty pleasures it's one of my favorite accounts it's one of my guilty pleasures but it but it's this whole framing of if you we're talking about the british royal family but you could easily generalize yeah. The whole, you, like the whole everything, you take Prince Charles' name out of it and you put Pastor So and So in there. You take you take Queen Elizabeth out of there mm. and you put the the principal principal So and So or my my boss or my manager at work. A lot that there's there's so many similarities just in the response wow. and in the attitude. And I think that him that that him talking about this that him that him bringing this out. And it's a white man that says, yeah. I mean, he wasn't saying nothing that none of us has, hasn't said before, exactly. but it's like, it's a white man that recognized these dynamics and these patterns and saw how unhealthy it was. And he was raised in the system. He very easily could have just been like, okay, girl, suck it up, you know, suck it up, buttercup, you married into this. And he That's didn't. That's the thing. That's the thing that got me was that he was raised in that. Mm. And so he knew the language to... Apo to apologize for the system, to advocate for the system's existence, to over-explain why it exists. Because it's so funny, like you talk about, you know, never complain, never explain. Mm -hmm. Like that's ex that's external, yeah. right? Because mm -hmm. internally, you're going to explain, well, you know, you got to exactly. know this is what it is. And so the way in which we are facing out mm -hmm versus facing in mm -hmm. is very instructive to me. He could have done a number of, they could have just went along to go along. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they disrupted this system is very instructive. And it's hard to even think that sometimes we fail to take certain steps of instructive um, disruption. Mm -hmm. We fail to take those steps of just stepping in and just saying, mm -hmm. regardless of if I stay in the institution or not, this is wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm going to draw a straight line for mm -hmm. you. I'm going to tell you this is not okay. Right. And it fascinated me because we live in a time where it is probably, it's actually going to become more imperative even than what it was before. Mm -hmm. More imperative than what it's been before to speak out. Yes. And to own the whole story, to tell the whole story. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think I've I've dealt with a lot of people recently, you know, just in, in conversations and, you know, where they'll share things 
And I'll be like, yeah, somebody needs to know this, <laughs> right? right? Like, you know, you just somebody you're like, oh, somebody may need to know this, right? <laughs> it's like, is this a, is this a legal case? Right, like, is this okay? Like, it's like, are you, you telling know? me things are going to be evidence in a legal case? Right, like, I'm like, what's happening here? Like, what's happening? And it wasn't necessarily something I immediately thought, like, oh, okay, this could be, like, criminal or legal or anything like that. It was more like... Oh no, somebody needs to be held accountable for this action. Oh yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's repeating itself again mm-hmm. and again and again. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to pay attention to patterns. And I think we have a responsibility to interrupt these patterns. Or at mm-hmm. least to speak out and say, This is wrong. Yes. And if we don't, I feel like we're leaving a path for other people to experience the same things. And I think that we have to become aware of our complicities. Mm. We, I think that that is so important for us to realize that our hands aren't clean in every situation. Wow. There are ways in which we perpetuate unjust systems that that are even our 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 participation our presence says that something is okay i remember during my kind of leave loud time um there was there was a small group of us that actually left our church and one of the people that um that that i was that i was discussing with that, that we were talking about leaving and just you know what that could potentially cost us it costs her a lot more than it than it costs me for sure and something that my friend said was there was someone who came up to her and was like I see some things that are wrong, but then you're still here. Ooh. And so, and so I, so I'm not, cause I see these oh, things that I've, I don't oh, think that they're I've, okay. I've wrestled with that one. But then, but then you're still yeah. here. So what, so, so what does that mean? And that was something whenever, whenever she said that, that was one of those, you have like those moments that just kind of like arrest your heart or whatever. And I was just like, wow. What does my presence wow. in this Ooh. institution, no, me being a person that's outspoken about justice, that's outspoken about racism, what is my, what does my presence in this organization telegraph? Hmm. And then also, what are my complicities in the system? How, or what are the ways that I've apologized for yeah, the system? Cause, yeah. I, cause I, I've been there where it's like talking specifically about the church sphere. Cause that's, that's, that's our, that's our wheelhouse. I think about being part of different churches where, you know, there, where there was an undercurrent or an overcurrent of, of racism. Yeah. And, I'm there and I'm there because I, because I want to change things. I want to be an agent of change. I want to educate, you know, I don't just want to be like, Oh, this isn't, this isn't good enough. And I'm going to, and I'm going to walk away, but actually, you know, trying to be a catalyst for change, but there got to be a point when it was like, am I, am I a catalyst for change or am I complicit in what's happening? Mm. There got to be, and so then whenever, whenever you're the person that's the catalyst for change, there are times when you might find yourself wittingly or unwittingly apologizing yeah. for the system to the people yeah. who are being harmed by the yeah. system. Exactly. Like the people who are in active harm and you're telling them, well, you know, it's going to be is, okay. It's going to be okay. Well, you know, like, That's just you know, how so-and-so, it is. you know, I've really been challenged by that lately. Yeah. And I think I've that really it's, challenged. and I think that it's something that we, we have to look at. We have to think about that. And I think that once we do, now it, it might mean, it still might mean 
you stay in your institution, you stay at your church, you stay at your job, you stay at whatever. It still might mean that, but we move differently. And we, we move differently, I think, whenever we realize where we are kind of faking the funk, where we're kind mm. of, where we're kind of apologize, we're kind of, you know, polishing over, kind of varnishing over something that is like, really, this is like kind of rotten, but we're gonna, but we're gonna dip yeah. it in gold. No, I, I, I was gonna say you, there was a Facebook post that you sent to us in the group chat. And it was about church and the spirit of offense and things like that. And when I read it, cause I read it before you sent it, I was like, Oh yeah, I feel him. You know, like that was the last, mm-hmm. the last paragraph, but you were like, no, like this, this is rotten. Like if you look at the actual, what he went through, mm-hmm. like he polished over what he went through. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh snap. I didn't even see that. Yeah. Like, and I saw it and I was like, ah, yeah, I get it. But you know, like it was instructive for me to hear you say, no, this sounds like abuse. This, yes, I, I remember what you're And I was looking, about. I was like, yeah. oh, snap. Like, that could have been abuse. Like, yes. You know what I'm saying? And you just don't think. You think, oh, okay, we'll, we'll spiritualize. We'll do spiritual bypassing. We'll make it into some triumphant point. But yes. in reality, no, this is something we actually need to address. And maybe there isn't some triumphant ending to this. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's actually us. We need to confront this. And I needed to step away and heal so that I didn't perpetuate this to someone yeah. else. Right? And, you know, I think that Christian culture, just in general, we we sometimes have this false positivity. Mm. And then we also, the, the instance that you're talking about was a leader talking, what was a leader talking about what to me sounded a whole lot like a, like spiritual abuse. But the point that they made at the end was great. But it was like, ooh, the thing that you're talking about that your pastor said and did to you, it's given spiritual abuse. It's not, right. it's not like you, you got a great lesson from it. You got a great instructive point from it, but we don't have to endure spiritual abuse. And Paul, and the, for me, the more concerning part was polishing it up, like, oh, and then, and then presenting it to other people and normalizing it to other people like oh look this is this is great this is this is fine awesome wow yes this person might do this to I was you. resilient in the midst I was of it. Res- <laughs> like, we, we don't we don't have to do that and I think that it's so important for us to to recognize sometimes you just have to call a spade a spade and you just have to say this environment is toxic, mm. but you have to be able to have the eyes to see and the ears to hear that. Mm. Um, you have to, you have to be able to have the discernment to recognize I am in a situation that is unhealthy and then being yeah. able to, to speak up and go and bringing it back to the, to the point of the book. That was something that, um, I was actually very surprised to read. Prince Harry essentially yes. coming to that type of realization. And, yes. and I mean, I, I in hindsight, that. maybe I shouldn't have been surprised because he saw it was what killed his mother. But at the same time, because the, the opposite story that he paints is with his, with his brother, with, with, with Prince William, who's now the, the heir, the Prince of Wales, the heir, to, the heir to the British throne. His brother very much seems, at least according to Prince Harry, seems to be enamored of that system and mm. even participating in that system. And he was even responsible responsible for planning stories him and his wife were responsible for planning stories about Megan and and it was and Harry was very flummoxed by this because he was like you know you know this system right. the system killed our mother why would you want to participate in that why would you wow. want to be so so the fact so i thought that just the fact that he he came to the recognition on his own 
that this was wrong, that this was that this was bad, that the way that the the way that the media was talking about his wife, the way the racism, the flagrant racism and stuff that was there, did he come to it perfectly? Did he did he handle everything perfectly? Was it was it a perfect, you know, whatever type of situation? I'm not gonna say that it was, but I think that sometimes that that it we all have the power and the capacity to really look at ourselves, to really look at our situations and to and to ask ourselves is this it yeah like is this is this everything exactly. should should these things be the way that they are yeah and and as we're we're saying i think in a refrain of episodes like it doesn't have to be this way it doesn't and we can change that and we can interrupt it yes you know? so thank you for humoring me i felt like there was so much there and i really feel like you challenged us to think about our own complicity our hands are not always clean. Yeah. That's something to think about. This episode was brought to you in part by United We Pray. United We Pray is a podcast devoted to praying and thinking about racial strife, especially between Christians. Come join us in praying for the unity of God's people.